Welcome to the ODA Magazine podcast series. We at ODA wanted to give you the opportunity to dive even deeper into the worlds of the people we get to spend time with. By creating podcasts featuring conversations with creatives and entrepreneurs in all different areas of artistry. From designers, curators, and actors, to philanthropists, models, singers, and photographers. The one through line for each of the podcasts in this series is that they highlight the work of individuals from around the world who participate in and nourish culture and the conversations they inspire. Our guests discuss how they see the future, hopefully one filled with diversity, equality, understanding, and of course, passion. ODA is a platform where self-expression, imagination, and dreams are brought to the next level and shared with those looking to be inspired. Visual storyteller Alexandre de Bittac, who has produced some of the most unforgettable fashion shows, exhibitions, and events over the past 30 years, weighs in on the transformation of the industry into a fully digital narrative this season. He also examines, a year after he debuted his company's Ten Commandments of Sustainability, how the business has fared so far, and where he thinks fashion will be headed in the future. So, Alexandre, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. <laughs> very, very welcome. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, I know that there'll be being, you know, lots of sounds of noises and you're getting messages nonstop because we're still in the middle of Paris Fashion Week. But mm -hmm. I wanted to jump off with a question about Paris Fashion Week and the Fashion Weeks in general in this time of digital. What's that been like for you, this Paris Fashion Week in particular, and, and in globally, how's it been going? Paris Fashion what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Some initial. Um, I mean, what it has been like? I mean, I have to say, uh, uh, given the pandemic still been here and given the situation, it's been quite interesting and very, very busy for us. Uh, very different than before, obviously. I mean, we've been officially this season engaging in doing shows with no audience. Uh, for the first time, because when we really think about it, a year ago when it started, we finished Fashion Week. Yep. And the following season was, uh, the cruise was basically canceled. Mm -hmm. uh, all the spring activities were canceled. There was a little opening in July last year when we insisted on doing some live, uh, uh, live and lively uh, shows and events. And we had the chance to have uh, designers we work with that agreed with us. And we did mm -hmm. the Jacques in the... Whitfield, and we did the Dior in Lecce in, in Puglia. Uh, and then in September, October, we had a small window again where we did a little bit of shows with a little bit of local audience. But this season, for the first time, and quite officially since before Christmas, we knew we were not going to have an audience, um, which makes everybody thinking very differently. And um, I mean, I'm going to answer probably a few of your questions all in one, but so as a result of that, basically, we all engaged in, in I mean, we had engaged uh, at Brebetac with Bro Future a long time ago into developing and augmenting the live content with digital better. Mm -hmm. But when you know you're entering a season that's only going to be viewed digitally, then you really engage di differently. Mm -hmm. So this Fashion Week has been very interesting, um, very different, very demanding. Mm -hmm. I personally... So we, 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 we at Brubetac started a few years ago um, with Bro Future uh, to spend energy and dedication to the augmentation of the life through digital. Uh, in other words, it's been a few years that I've 
always been saying and thinking that more and more the audience, of course, is virtual on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, we still have a small live audience that's the professional audience, but that we have to dedicate way more energy and content to the, to the virtual audience. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any reasons anymore one day to do live shows. Mm -hmm. um, that truthfully, it's been years, we know that the live shows exist because they become great digital content. Yes. Now, having said that, we started Pro Future. We started focusing on that. We didn't know it would come so fast <laughs> that there would be a time when there would be only a digital audience. Mm -hmm. um, in order to continue to do well what we do in some cases, in addition to designing and producing the show and producing the film, I'm also actually directing many of the films we're doing mm -hmm. uh, and co-directing or still designing and producing for invited directors for some others that we do. Um, and funny enough, it's very exciting. Um, it's a very logic continuation to what I used to do, but nevertheless, it's very, very different. And one of the big differences is that when we worked on shows as we did before live, with a live stream and a live edit and a live shoot, um, both the show and the film were over the second the show is over. So you work for months and then for weeks and for days and nights and hours and minutes and seconds to a very short momentum that's somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes. You start it pretty much on time. And once you start, you, you have this big rush of adrenaline. You direct the show, you direct the film, you know, you shoot, and then you're done and you put down your clear com and you run to the next show. And exactly. while the next show, in my case, I would already usually, I would relook at what we just did uh, on the motor taxi or in the car on the way, and I would, um, or in a bicycle lately, and I would uh, 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 already think of what I would do for the next show of that, you know, of that designer. Mm -hmm. The next one, and then I get to the next one. The way things happened this season is that because there was no audience, there was no live, and because there was no live, we used the luxury, it's not a luxury, but the we used the, the possibility we had this time to shoot sometimes only a few hours before or a day before, even two or three days before. And um, you are definitely popular. And I can't, yeah, it doesn't stop, but it's the sound of the computer. Yeah. Um, and we, what was I going to say? No, I was oh, saying oh. that, yeah, what's very different this time is that basically, unlike before, you do your show, you finish your show. Right. This time we shoot a bit before or even a few days before, and, mm -hmm. then, and then you shoot and reshoot and reshoot and reshoot and change your camera angles and reshoot and reshoot. And then you finish shooting and instead of being, you know, people clap, it's great, thank you, goodbye. Then you run to the, to the edit room and you start looking mm -hmm. at the rushes and then you start editing. Like <laughs> a proper movie. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's a proper movie. It's more of a proper movie. And, and even if it's just the filming of a show, but since we're educating our eyes and the audience's eyes and the professional audience's eyes, because we have to remember one thing, the editors, the, the traditional professional fashion show audience used to never look at the videos of the shows. They were there. They couldn't Absolutely. And then Absolutely. the ones who needed to look at the looks, they would go on the runway and look at the, at the looks. No one looked at those films before. It's the first year in life that people start really dedicating the proper needed attention to the films of the show. 
Well, talk to me about that because I mean, one of the things that I've been telling people or that I've been you know, sharing with people is that I think this, there are many things that there are takeaways from this last year, but one of them is the need for such excellent storytelling. I mean, like you said, a live show, runway, there we go, done and dusted right after the show. Whereas now, because everybody's so focused on the, the film itself, you know, the movie as it were, to represent and tell a story, um, has that really changed the way that you yeah. function or the way you think about it? There are a few different schools of thought and yeah. of action. Um, some people, and I'm one of those for, I mean, well, actually I've done both, but for some designers, we've done traditional runway shows in a way, but they are filmed better, much better. But mm -hmm. they're still shows, it's a runway. It's a girl after another, she walks and, and whatever. For some of them, we started hybriding it a little bit, meaning we add a little bit of storytelling. And some others, like like uh, like Maria Grazia for the couture, mm -hmm. for example, for the Tower story, or even the other couture, um, did a full-on narrative film. Mm -hmm. So you have the full-on narrative film, the fashion show only as it was before, and the hybrid where it's the fashion show, but we add a little bit of narration in it so that there's more context and there's more interest. The truth of the matter is, when we do live shows, even though we do them mostly for a very large digital audience, with a live audience, we manage to create an emotion mm -hmm. that when we do it well, somehow transmits better, even on a phone, and gets the digital audience interested. Mm -hmm. When you do a live show, I mean, uh, sorry, a fashion show just for camera with no live audience, there's a huge lack of adrenaline and energy that transmits even digitally. Mm -hmm. And I presume the viewer gets bored much faster. I do. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and if you're going to have to stay between five and 10 or even 15 or more minutes in front of your phone screen, looking at a girl or a boy one after the other, you get bored quicker. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, of course. So hence the narrative. Um, the houses that can afford the energy, the time and the money to add narrative and or to go completely narrative um, probably get a more captive audience and, 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 and things go in not just in trends, they go in, in, in how you educate your audience. So now that the, the audiences of fashion shows, both the professional fashion audiences and the traditional large digital fan base audiences have been accustomed in the past year to more and more and more. Yes, much <laughs> more sophisticated. The content, to more narrative within it, to also more narrative uh, films and to all of sorts of different variations that everyone feels that they need to give more. And in a way they're right, because it's not that more is more is more is always better, but it's just that the audiences are being used to a higher level of quality mm -hmm. and engaging uh, kind of content. So well, we I mean, what do you think? Well. I mean, I know that you and I are probably on the same page that it, I think it's important to have a, a live audience. I mean, even if it's something smaller, like what happened with Jack Boost that you did, during, you know, while it was still the pandemic, the social distancing version of it, but hopefully soon we'll all be able to, you know, travel the world and come back to shows. What for you is the, the sweet spot? Do you think that we need to go back to the old way of doing things with the, the fashion shows, with no, the everybody traveling the world? I think that, uh, no, I don't think we need to go back to the old ways and I really don't think we will. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think that, that that's been a, a breaking point in our lives and unfortunately or fortunately, hopefully, and I'm very optimistic myself, uh, it could be for the better. Um, I do believe that, uh, first of all, I'm very 
happy and even flattered <laughs> that that after spending my entire life doing fashion shows for audiences that complained about going to them, uh, a few months after not having them, they already started saying they were missing them. I bet. Uh, 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 and I was quite happy to, you know, I was quite happy to, to feel and hear that. Um, on the other hand, I strongly believe that sadly, there won't be nor the economy, nor the will probably, nor the need mm -hmm. after the pandemic for the entire world to go everywhere every time. Mm -hmm. um, for sure, we know that this year, um, even if we were better with vaccination and we have audiences again starting next fall, we probably won't have any Americans and, 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 and Asians in Europe or very little Americans and no Asians mm -hmm. and, and, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, I do believe it will never go back to being all of the body of press and buyers and influencers from everywhere in the world, always coming everywhere all the time, that I'm mm -hmm. sure. I um, also believe that it will um, open the doors for what I've always wanted to do, which is a little less systemacy and a little bit more of creative freedom and strategic freedom. Mm. I believe that some houses, starting by the ones who can afford it physically, and for the ones who cannot, also digitally, will travel differently. I think that um, um, the shows are of course, uh, uh, global and worldwide when they're seen uh, worldwidely online, but mm -hmm. nevertheless, they could also travel physically to different audiences. Not the same. It means that, you know, a house that's always shown in Paris, New York, London, or Milan, maybe one day will, which we started to do with a few. With, with well, so you're, you're talking more of, you're talking about not having a, a hub of a fashion week anymore, but having more of like a, a destination show no, somewhere. No, I'm talking about having both. I think that we're going to go back to a hub of a fashion week. Mm -hmm. I think that the local fashion, I mean, the fashion weeks will be a little bit more local, at least mm -hmm. by continent. I think there will be much less uh, 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 Americans and Asians and Middle East traveling to Europe and much less Europeans traveling to America and, 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 and Asia, of course. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we will resume doing fashion weeks, but there will be probably less of that traveling audience um, that eventually the houses at times to activate physically their other audiences should and will and would travel. Mm -hmm. um, not with a repeat show, but maybe with the same show or another show, meaning mm -hmm. shows are global. You don't need to repeat the same thing three times everywhere in the world because they've all seen it. Yep. Sometimes you can take your show somewhere else. Um, mm -hmm. we, we had started to experiment with that before because I thought it was a good idea to just re-raise the interest. I mean, we, we, we took Rodarte to Paris a few years ago. We took Prenza Schooler to Paris. We yep. took to LA. We took Gabriela Hurst to Paris last time. We took Helmut Klang from Paris to New York. 20 years ago and that I remember memorable uh, um, and, 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 and I still believe that all of those even though they were one-offs uh, uh, unexpected changes re-raised the attention to the brand and the designer mm -hmm. um, I think that especially the mega brands uh, will have to have to consider how to more and more and better and better address their international audiences and especially the, the Chinese ones but the global Asian markets and Middle East and America mm -hmm right now mm -hmm. traveling. So there might be opportunities through the needs of entertaining those audiences. Mm -hmm. and, um, and for that reason, I also think that because people will travel less, because, um, and also because, you know, uh, 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 the, 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 the level of the digital way we're showing will have increased and not go back to being lesser after COVID, mm -hmm. between the better digital uh, streaming, the better, uh, 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 remote and virtual viewing 
mm. and the ability to at some point travel and show physically again, we will mix it all to a new format. Well, talk to me about new formats because I am all over, you know, Oculus Quest right now. Oculus Quest is my jam. I'm on my VR all the time really? doing beats, beat sabers and other things. I mean, what for you, because you've always been, we're going to, I want to talk about the sustainability aspect about it well, because as well, because we've, I know it's been a, you know, just over a year now you launched yeah, yeah. your 10 commandments, but I do want to first talk about that when you're talking about What's the next step? You know, is it VR? You know, you're talking about traveling legs. What's really exciting you technically and digitally right now? I mean, um, oh no, sorry. I just need to. The, um, I think that um, all of it, I mean, I think we're at, 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 we're still in a time of experimentation and hopefully the fashion world in general, in general is very good at that and will always be experimenting. So right now, all of the new technologies that are being used, when the first one that uses it, uses it, it's a one-off and it's a, an exception. And then slowly, as always with technology, uh, uh, it'll get into uh, uh, everybody else's life. I mean, obviously I think uh, VR is a great tool and interactivity, interaction is a great tool. I mean, Gucci did the first uh, full, in a way, uh, uh, interactive experience with the video game that they released. Uh, when was it in October, November? Yeah, I think so. What the, with Pokemon Go? You're talking about that? Sorry. You're talking about the partnership they did with Pokemon I mean, not, Go? Not Gucci. No, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I take it back. I mean Balenciaga. <laughs> Ah, Balenciaga. The no, no, the Balenciaga, yes. the, the Balenciaga game, mm -hmm. um, uh, which which was great, and and I think we, I, I looked at it well. I mean, I had nothing to do with it. I was very mm -hmm. impressed, and in the same time, I heard everyone saying, but there was hardly no interactivity, and it was really lame as a game for people who know games and game a lot. Um, I I mean, it's a topic we've studied like like everyone, I guess. Yeah. A uh, 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 high level video game making takes years and millions and many, 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 many millions that no brand could spare for one collection showing. Mm -hmm. um, people always forget the, 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 the reality of things. So having done what they did in the time that they had and, and the budgets, which, I mean, it's a big house and they have, mm -hmm. we're not gonna, uh, uh, is, is already quite impressive. Uh, mm -hmm. When you start working on interaction and interactivity, you understand how much time it takes and how much money it costs. Mm -hmm. So, but also because we're still, early in that game per se, uh, mm -hmm. it will become much more affordable soon, like everything in technology. So what I think is that right now we're all playing with everything. Uh, mm -hmm. When you're not the first one at the minute it starts, you wait a little bit longer to do it again because mm -hmm. it's like you're just following. Um, <laughs> so since you haven't, you know, if you haven't been the first one on that or on the, on, on the VR uh, uh, headsets or whatever, then, then one needs to research a lot more to come up with the next uh, available available thing. I personally believe in all technology developments, and 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 and, and I think they're great to experiment with. Um, I think it takes a while for all of it to become the norm in the sense that you can really play with it. The truth mm -hmm. is, technology is very fast, and in the same time, not fast enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I've been, you know, we, we've been working with Instagram for a long time now, for years maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, asking them for additional uh, capabilities of interaction and of uh, uh, ways of posting, and they're really willing to do it, and they're working on that on us very well to get there. But it takes a while; it takes it, take, it takes time. Yeah, no, it takes a village. But talk. Um, well, it takes a village. Yeah. 
It takes a village, but so talking about taking a village, you know, uh, you were right before the shit hit the fan. Let's let's be blunt. In February, you launched your Ten Commandments, uh, you know, and and made your brand, you know, sustainable in a way that you know no other company I think is really committed to and in uh, in the field that you're doing. So I wanted to now that it's been a year in, and God knows when you launched it, I, you had no idea a pandemic was about to hit the world. But can you talk to me about what this last year has been like for you, and have you been able to hold strong to those ten commandments? Yeah, what have been the you know, easy ones? Tell me a little bit more well, how it's been. We have. Well, I mean, first of all, unfortunately, uh, of course, the past year has been much slower. Um, in terms of quantity. I mean, as I said, we manage out of all people in the world, in our world of doing fashion shows, uh, we had the, 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 the luck to have designers and partners that followed us on, 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 on doing a little, a little bit, you know, in the windows that we had. But again, it wasn't that many. Yeah. We had a few shows in July, a few shows in September, October. Um, and physically, that was it. Then we started doing shows in 2021, and those were always no audiences. But... Um, to go back to the sustainability, our 10 commandments that we published and announced in as a rule going forward in, in, in a year ago, we continued, of course, to apply to everything we did. It was made more complicated because as you've experienced, I'm sure, in your everyday life, and I know you've been traveling, uh, COVID, uh, because of COVID, there's been a, a surge of disposable and plastic and, and single-use crap in our life because of sanitary measures, which of course yep. I respect and understand and apply more than everyone else. But unfortunately, so we've had to fight even much more than before. Um, we, 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 we had to fight very hard for no single-use plastic in our productions, given the quantity of single-use plastic there was uh, given to our life. And there is always a solution. It might be a little more costly, but you know, nowadays, more and more, it's not even a matter of money. It's just a matter of work. It takes a lot mm -hmm. of research and a lot of work to go find the proper resources to do things better, but they exist and they don't cost much more. Um, mm. and, and, and I have to say, I started flying again, uh, I mean, since last summer already, and, and the amount of single-use plastic you get in a plane today with the excuse of, of COVID is, is unacceptable. Uh, mm. Or even in, 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 in luxury restaurants that bring you a, a plastic this and that and the other so that you don't, you know, they don't have to wash something that's reusable. Mm -hmm. um, we've managed not to do that in our productions, and we're very proud of this. We've, uh, we've added a very important uh, COVID sanitary measure department uh, that's uh, being put in place on every production we do. It's okay. huge. It's massive. Um, and in addition to the sustainability and the social, obviously, now we have the sanitary measures. But we managed to mix them and to make sure that we've applied, we kept on applying. Now, the challenge more than the case per case is... Um, the money. I mean, basically, with COVID came less activity that engenders less budget, less yeah. money, less viewers. And uh, even though some, a lot of our clients and a lot of the great luxury groups and luxury brands have been doing really well with the, during the pandemic. That's actually true. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing. But nevertheless, of course, I wish you hear all this. Never, mm -hmm. nevertheless, and of course, the budgets are a big smaller mm -hmm. there's no longer an audience to accommodate mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the budgets have been we've moved them onto the digital uh, and the filming instead of mm -hmm. the physical and the showing mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean I'm not going to bore you with technical details but that makes 
a lot of change in the way we approach everything, including the expenses that went mm -hmm. into our sustainability program. So it's very challenging now to make sure, I mean, no one wants to go back to the way we did things less carefully before, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, it's even harder to uh, find in the budget, the budget to continue to apply our sustainability measures. And, um, and that's the biggest of challenges. And of course, we discussed it continuously with our clients. And they all say that, you know, we're with you, we want to continue. But, mm -hmm. but it's a bigger challenge because we have less means to do so. Yeah. What, I mean, talk to me about that. I mean, because you have clients, you, I mean, you have this kind of privileged situation and that you can talk to different brands, you're talking to different artists, you're kind of, you know, a center point within the, the world of, of fashion. And, and what are the, the general feelings and, and, and things that you're picking up that people are talking about or, or the changes that you feel people are really gonna be implementing besides maybe the, the digital aspect of, of filming, but do you think that there are gonna be more specific changes in like less seasons, less, less shows, less production? Do you feel like there's a, yeah. a pairing down in general? Yes, in general now, as a general trend, um, everyone wants to do what they can in their fields. And, you know, they're, they're big pyramids. I mean, in, in a fashion house, you have the, the design studio, then the fashion production, then the communication, then the marketing, then the digital, then the management. And so I think everyone in their departments wants to do or have someone there that wants to do something, which is great. So, you know, the ones, I mean, people in design in fashion houses think that effectively there should be less product or less collections. Uh, in marketing, there should be less events or less traveling or less whatever, etc. So, and I, and I strongly believe in that. I think, I think it's the beginning and it's going to go very fast. Um, so it's a bit like technology. There will be a lot of experimentation, not just on what works from a, uh, a carbon footprint reduction point of view, but also what works from a, a, a purely a conceptual and social and, and philosophical point of view. Mm -hmm. um, um, all topics once addressed, open, open it up in a way that will will discuss them, understand the problem and try to find a solution. So from reducing the size of the collection, the quantity of collections, even the genderlessness in collections, mm -hmm. that's already a start, of course, of more uh, 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 eco-consciousness, um, uh, um, the, 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 the reuse of resources, the reuse of fabrics, the sustainable fabrics, of course, mm -hmm. organic fabrics, the, the, all of those things. And, 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 and what's, what really annoys me is that there's a lot of, of course, there's a lot of criticism coming from many places in the world. Uh, I read a lot of it today on the show that, that, that just posted. Uh, against the world of fashions and luxury and how unconscious and, un, and ecological they are. You know what? You need to change from the inside every problem that we have. It's bullshit. The thing that the fashion industry and the luxury worlds have is that they have a great following that is a huge influence on, 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 on mentality changing and they have great means. Mm -hmm. It's an industry that, that, yeah, that has means. Um, uh, if we use the power of influence and the power of those means in a good direction, it will be one of the industries that can help go the fastest, probably into changing the way it needs. Mm -hmm. Nothing can happen overnight. And everyone seems to forget that. I mean, I'm the first one to advocate the, and I've been for a very long time and I've been really, really uh, aggressive about it in my field which is the one of doing events and fashion shows yeah. and advocate the fact that we have to address things sustainably better and that fashion needs to give the example. And because I do fashion shows, I'm the first one in line because I'm the yeah. one that's 
that first probably I don't spend the most of the industry, mm-hmm. but I'm the most visible spender of the industry in mm-hmm. terms of carbon expenditure. When we put on a huge show with huge lights and huge this and lots of travel, by definition, we're showing off a huge uh, ecological expenditure, which is mm-hmm. not right. So we proved when we demonstrated, I mean, when we shared our uh, uh, efforts and we shared the results a year ago, we proved that we already went down 20% on our carbon footprint on the way we do things, and we can continue to do a lot better. Um, now, COVID helping, there was a lot less guest traveling, and there will be for a long time a lot less guest traveling, and that will, by itself, actually lower the carbon footprint of those fashion weeks and fashion shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by addressing the topic, by making it an open discussion 24-7 with our clients and between them and their clients and, and, and all of that, we are doing what you're doing, which is which is opening all topics to how can we do better everywhere. And just by addressing it, it starts happening. I hear mm-hmm. it in design meetings. I hear it when I hear the designers I work with and their studios and the kids that are around in the studio. And everyone comes up with ideas and solutions. There's been many. And everyone is criticizing, so what I was saying at the beginning of my phrase, every time criticizing the fashion world is not doing enough or, or what they're doing is bullshit. But you know what? You've got to start somewhere. And I'm quite excited now, a year later, mm-hmm. that I see that there is serious discussion of reuse of dead stock materials, uh, a reuse of... Um, previous patterns so that there's less expenditure in producing reuse just the idea of reuse we've mm-hmm. we've 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 i've said a year ago in my in my manifesto the number four uh, i think it was number four commandment that i wanted to promote the reuse by 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 reusing things you don't see you know the way we build our platforms and we keep them and rerun them but mm-hmm. also promoting it by reusing reusing cultural elements reusing props furniture historical designs, uh, or even old clothing, vintage anything, promoting that reusing and putting on stage is probably helping the new generations and the current ones think that the reuse is cool, that the vintage is cool, that you know that all new is not cool. And, yeah. and we are doing that, and we are doing it even with designers who are attacked for doing all new clothes because they let us little by little step by step yeah step by step do that and in the meantime um they're not going fast enough to my taste maybe but at least they're starting and i think it's a great thing and i think we have to be positive and i think we have to you cannot kill the world of fashion and luxury first of all because it feeds hundreds of millions of mouses in the world yeah, it's a billion-dollar industry, and, um, and it's and it yeah, it supports millions and millions of people across support, the planet, no, especially down the chain. Yeah. And now with COVID, even more so because sadly, uh, 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 COVID has stopped all tourism, all traveling, and, and and many of the activities that were ultimately feeding the end of the chain, which is the third world countries and the poorest countries. Um, fashion was one of the last you know industries that continued, in fact, feeding that chain. Uh, maybe not the most sustainable manner yet, even though it was more sustainable because it became more digital and there was less traveling. Um, but it did and it does. So I am really pro. I mean, I, 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 I've worked all my life doing what I do. It's been a long time already within that life that I realized how bad, in a way, I do to the planet and how, what can I can do to change it. And I've been asked a million times, you know, I've been told many times, you know, it is probably a hypocritic to, to say you want to change and remain in the most uh, uh, um, 
in the least eco-conscious industry. Right. And, and, and my answer is been often the same and I repeat it, but you know what? No, you can change things from the inside. So I if I step out at my point in my life and I say, okay, I've made enough to survive the end of my life and I can go dedicate myself to uh, 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 ecological or, or environmental uh, uh, issues, I will probably do much less than I can being on the inside and doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I absolutely see you. Yeah. Making change from the interior. Well, let's yeah. talk about, and I know you have to run, but I want to ask you one last question. And, and that is talking about change. And you said, of course, this last year, things were pared back, less shows, um, you know, people converting and trying to figure it out as they go. But I wanted to know about you personally. Um, how did you keep yourself in balance and sane during this last year where things were so much in flux and nobody knew what was going on and where we were going to be? And, and then you had free time maybe that you never thought you would have. So just talk to me a little bit about how for you personally, what this what this last year has been like, what I mean, changes you've experienced. I mean, obviously, we are we're in a pretty privileged world, so I'm not going to complain about that. The uncertainty was very hard to live with at the beginning. On the other hand, I have the chance to have a three-year-old baby. So I spent a lot more time with her than I probably would have had if there hadn't been for COVID. Mm -hmm. Like all of us, we spent a lot more time with our, uh, I guess, with our close surroundings and families and homes. Um, and I managed to do a lot of things that I never really was doing before, you know, read a lot again and think a lot of again and, 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 and research just, just that. And that was fantastic. I mean, at the end, well, I'm, I'm in Paris right now. And I had the chance to be in Paris when confinement started and we stayed here. And at the end of the day, the very strong confinement was only two months. And then they opened mm -hmm. up again and then they closed up again. I mean, you know, what, what we've all lived. But those, those um, I think those times were good times of reflection and creation, um, aside from what I just said. And mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of enjoying uh, the, a little bit the freedom, I think of them as, uh, I didn't go nuts at all, on the contrary, I mean, in, in a way, I think he was uh, uh, quite active in that way. I think, I mean, I'm overdosed of Zooms like we all are, mm -hmm. but I'm also grateful to the fact that it became a little bit too much, but at least it became a normality in everyone's life. Mm -hmm. uh, again, one of my first commandments that I announced a year ago was so I would true. like to no longer travel for pre-production meetings that could be avoided and do them digitally. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people of older generations maybe were not accustomed to that. And, and because they could afford it, they wanted you to be there. Mm -hmm. And the past many, many years of my life, how many times have I gone to America or Asia for a day for a meeting? Mm -hmm. It's, That's crazy. It's insane. It's completely crazy. I still will go and I still enjoy going and I'm very privileged to be able to go uh, uh, when I do things of importance, when I go put on a show together and I have to be there to direct all of the talents and the hundreds of people who work on it. That's my job. And mm -hmm. I do my job with pleasure. But when it's about, you know, explaining an idea or just meeting with someone for a couple hours, um, that's something that I've for years now refused to want to do and say we need to do it we can do it digitally we have the means to do so well now that we've had covid and we spent a year of zoom we all know we can and Absolutely. In fact, we can do that and a lot more which mm -hmm. is great um uh, uh, sometimes the physical presence is not necessary i think we did full-on physical all of our lives until covid then we did full-on digital and digital only during covid hopefully once we come out of covid we've, we will have all learned uh, to balance it intelligently. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't believe in neither nor, in 100% mm -hmm. one or the other. I really strongly believe that to live our life intelligently and interestingly, 
we need to have some physical emotion in it yes. uh, uh, and, and touch all the senses uh, again. And that I miss, and I'm very happy to do it again when I can. Mm. However, I also think that using intelligently the resources and technology to address time differently and to address our lives and our necessities is great. I'll be very happy to do a bit of Zoom again when they avoid me taking a plane for a day to America or Asia, or even Europe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be very happy to uh, be able to help transmit a live emotion to a live audience again as well. So that. we're talking about work-life balance. Is it balance between real life and digital, it sounds like? Yeah, but life as well. I think both of them. I think the balance, and I mean, again, I don't know that balance is a word because I don't believe in, 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 in I, think, I think we need, I don't believe in systemacy. Mm-hmm. Much equilibrium could get you into a boring systemacy. Interesting. Systemacy is boring. I think we need excitement in our lives. And excitement also comes from contrast, from new experiences, from uh, unexpected events, and from life. Mm-hmm. What I do believe is that in order to not be systematic, we need to use both. Mm-hmm. And we don't even need to calculate how much of which but we need to use the digital accesses we have that allow house to no longer need to be in an office or in a city or in a meeting or in God knows what, mm-hmm. and also use the ability we have when well chosen to, uh, 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 and even more than ever in a way, to travel intelligently and eco-responsibly and, 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 and continue to share knowledges and cultures and experiences. Well, when you're talking about sharing experiences and, and having great moments of emotion, I want to thank you as we wrap up to for all of the amazing emotions that you've created in my life, for all of the shows that you've you've done that I've been able to see in real life and be there and experience them with you. It's They've been some of the highlights of my life. So I just wanted to thank you for that. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. That's always very happy to hear. Mm. <laughs> all right. Big kiss. Mwah. Big kiss, Jessica. Thanks a lot. Lovely speaking Bye. to you. Bye. You too, as always. <laughs> Bye-bye. Don't want to miss an episode of the Oda podcast? All you have to do is download our app in the Apple Store or visit Oda's Spotify account. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. And don't forget to leave a review and tell your friends about the new Oda podcast.